Hey there, we're jumping in here to talk to you about the Dirt on Flowers Insiders. We've been listening to your feedback and we're excited to announce that starting in July, you will be able to join the Insiders at any time, so we no longer have limited enrollment days. Not only will this simplify joining the Insiders, but you'll now have access to our growing content library that includes everything that we've provided since we started the Insiders. So now there's no rush to consume that month's extras and it gives you the freedom to grow at your own pace. So if you're just tuning in with us, here's what's included. You'll get video recordings, additional audio podcasts, extras with our special guests, templates, downloads, and more. A community Facebook group plus a member directory that will allow you to connect with like-minded and new flower friends all across the country. You will have a forum to ask questions and share your wins. Monthly live Q&A to allow you to get your questions answered and early access to our ValueTuber sales. The Insiders allows you to move the needle in your business and dive deeper alongside us for only $20 a month. You guys, literally that's the cost of selling one bouquet a month. So if you're loving the podcast and you want to dig deeper with us, head over to thedirtonflowers.com forward slash insider to join. We can't wait to guide and encourage you as you take your business to new levels. We can't wait to see you on the inside. I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi, all. Welcome to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. We're back another Friday, episode 50. Oh, we're in the 60s, right? Oh, are we? Oh, 60. Yeah, yeah it's episode 60. Look, mm-hmm. we Look didn't celebrate our 52. I know. Did we? No. I, it's been so long ago. I don't even know. I feel like we did. I know. Did 52. We, we talked about it and then it just zipped by. <laughs> Yes. Look at us. I know. I know. It's 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 really cool. Honestly, it's been fun. It's been it's been crazy. It's mm-hmm. funny. Jen and I talk we'll talk about the podcast or whatever. And every once in a while he'll listen to one the other day he was like, You guys are you guys are doing really good. That's sweet. <laughs> Cause he we used to listen a lot. And then, you know, even me, it's like we're so in the habit of doing it now. It's like mm-hmm. not it's easier. Like yeah. everything is easier with it. So that's kind of nice. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kind of funny. I didn't tell you this. I don't – you knew. I've, I oh, keep no. my personal life personal and it's going to remain personal. But I slipped and talked about my boyfriend's corn planter. Do you know how many messages <laughs> oh, I got? You? Y'all are invested in my life and I love you Aww. for that. Um, they're like, dating? Tell me yeah. more. Like they were – They should be messaging me. They should <laughs> – <Yeah, laughs> I'll spill the dirt at Blue Hill Farm. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I was. It was so funny. I told him. I said, "Sean," I said, "Yeah." I showed him the message or whatever. But mm-hmm. funny story about that. But his his brother, when he found out who I was, he told his brother. His brother looked me up, found out that I had a podcast, listened to an episode. Okay, if you guys are new to the podcast, if you go back like episode thirty ish, you should binge them all. They're binge worthy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I talk about, and you've heard us talk about Long Island Lindsay, which was in college. 
that is the episode that his brother listened to. So he calls me Lil, Long Island Lindsay. That's what I get referred to in there now. So, so cute. anyway, yeah, that's that's the that's a thing. But yeah, we're we're doing good. We're having fun. We've got so many like new yeah. people listening mm-hmm. in. And um if you're just joining us, this is exciting. We're <laughs> it's so fun. We're having fun every week. We're Talking farming and trying to keep yeah. ourselves sane through yes. chit chatting with you guys and it's yeah. good. I have it's like more a cute story that was like a good lesson for me this weekend. But we put we spent some money, more money than I thought it was going to be, to get a big like event tent, basically like a big white tent with tables, not nice tables. I had to buy new tables because our other tables were so disgusting from spraying off diatubers. <laughs> That I was oh, like, yeah. no one in the public can see these tables. <laughs> like normally I'm setting them up at the farmer's market like so quick so nobody sees them. Yeah. They just need a good power washing. We just haven't got to it. Anyways, I got new tables. I got some white chairs and we're like renting it out for events like bridal yeah. showers and birthdays. Well, we had our first event this weekend and I was literally a hot mess <laughs> worrying about it. I'm like, oh, is there enough flowers? Because we still we have our spring flowers Our summer stuff is like just getting started, but not really, you know, not there yet. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, and then you have to get everything set up and make sure what you think the farm looks perfect and like weed free and like Mm -hmm. line trimmed perfectly and all of it. And so Jen and I got home from a market on Saturday and then we spent most of the evening getting that ready and the event was on Sunday and I was just like so worried and all this. And then we got the sweetest message that the her kids literally like never get a chance to run through run through anything. Cause like they like mm. they live on a corner and there's streets everywhere. And it's like they don't ever get a chance to like run like full on. And it was just so sweet. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> We're our own worst critics. I mean, yep. the way that we see the farm is always going to be different than someone else is going to see it. Yeah. And they just saw so much beauty in it and all the little things that I felt like still needed to be done. Like, you know, we didn't like put flowers or like landscape around the event, the sign and like all, you know, little things that I, I didn't get done. But beauty is in the eye of the beer. Behold- I almost said beer holder. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great koozie. <laughs> that is so good. Beauties in the eye Beauties. of the beer holder. The beer holder. <laughs> With some flowers and then the Dirt on Flowers podcast logo at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> it is, though. It's so true. I know. You need some beer like, after sometimes yes. after what we get oh, done. I know. I know. But it was just so sweet. And I'm like, okay, I need to let go and just – this mm-hmm. is fine. This is more than – and especially me. Like, I do not live – I'm, like, semi-rural but not. So, like, people who are around me or who is seeking out the farm to come visit, they, like, never, ever get to experience stuff like mm-hmm. this. So, it was just really cool. And we just give ourselves a break. Like, yeah, we do. an ounce of grace. Holy Chill heck. more. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's – we just – we are. We just get in it. But then it's like when people yeah. are on your property, it's so easy and you're stressed and mm-hmm. worrying about you want it to be perfect for them because they paid this much money and that's yeah. – you know, all the things, mm-hmm. all the unspoken pressures we put on ourselves. But yeah, it's a good reminder when mm-hmm. when that comes back. So yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm glad it went well for you guys. It. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It was, it was a stressful moment, but we made it. <laughs> I At the end of the season, I will do a – episode all about <laughs> the lessons learned from having an event tent on your farm. Oh. But overall, it's good. Overall. But, you know. You know what I should do? I said this. I mm-hmm. We should do one on 
growing cutting gardens because I grew cutting garden boxes this year. Oh, yeah. Did I learn some stuff? Yeah. Learned some things. That would be another good one Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, but that's the thing. You've got to, you've just got to do an idea. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do it. Just jump in. You'll learn. You'll survive. Like, this is what we do. Fire ready aim. I think that's what you and I do. (laughs) We'll figure it out. We're going to do this. And it literally got to like maybe three weeks ago and we're like, crap, we need to order the tent. We hadn't even ordered it because we were just like so busy doing things, you know, just getting the farm going and all that. But yeah, it's fun. It's good. How big's the tent? It is 20 by 30. Hmm. That's good size. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, you know, we set it up. It's just okay. We should also do a podcast on farming with your spouse because yeah. <laughs> there was some marital strife <laughs> setting yeah. up the tent. We've gotten so much better, honestly. But you know, it's just like measurements and all that can get like a yeah. little hairy. So, <laughs> but we got it, we got it set up. It, it was good, but it's like getting it set up and there's all these poles. And then, of course, it was a windy night. So then some of the poles, you know, just mm-hmm. all, all part of the, the adventure. Things. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Gosh. Well, that's good. I'm glad it yeah. went well. Yeah, it did. So, okay. Well, how do we segue into our episode? Hmm. Well, well today we're talking about perennials. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good enough? Yes. That was okay. good. That was perfect. I like Thank the you. Appalachian twang. It well, came out. Well, <laughs> folks, today we is talking about perennials. <laughs> Don't mind us. Oh no! Uh, Some days this is uh, this is where the fun part comes in because we're tired. We've been farming, <laughs> and we're still in, yeah yeah we're hot, dehydrated a little bit. Yeah, so dehydrated perennials are something that I love. Perennials. Yes. I have my background is in horticulture, so I went to OSU, and this is where my plant nerd side comes out a little bit. I think everybody should have perennials in some mm-hmm. capacity. There's a lot of value that they add to the farm, which we're going to talk, we're going to get into like what some of the benefits of having them on the farm, but even from like an agritourism side and they just yes. really create a lot of beauty on the farm, even if mm-hmm. you're, you know, not, not just using them just for cut flower production, but you know, yeah. they kind of beautify the property and love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely, you are definitely the expert when it comes to perennials. You do such a good job. Me, I'm like a Half C, I'm like a a one and be good perennial grower. <laughs> we do okay. We do. We, we definitely have our there. favorites. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, there's lots of fun ways to incorporate on your farm. We're gonna talk to you about what our favorites are, the pros, the cons, all of yep. the good stuff. But the at the very bare bones, our advice is that you should have them. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. they're they're a great ad, honestly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we'll just start out with like the pros of adding perennials to your farm. So there's a saying, and you probably have seen the the episode title for today is sleep, creep, leap. And so there's a three-year rule with perennials. So and when you're planting them, they say the first year they sleep, the second year they creep, and the third year they leap. And if you have grown perennials, you have mm-hmm. seen that on your on your property, I'm sure. The first year, they're sort of just getting settled in. They're getting their root system going. The second year, they're just a little bit slower to grow. And then the third year, they just sort of explode. Perennials are great. They grow a lot quicker than shrubs. 
And shrubs are another investment. It's a very Mm -hmm. big financial investment to have shrubbery on your property, which is another one that if you're just like year one and you're not sure how long term you're going to go with this, you know, or you want to see where this is going to go, it may not be the the investment of shrubs may not be what you want up front, but perennials are a little bit lower cost investment and they they definitely grow quicker and will give you a return on your money sooner than shrubbery will. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they require less water. So with annuals, you know, we're constantly watering these things, making sure to get the, their maximum stem height and their most production. And with perennials, they a lot of them can be pretty adaptive. So you can even get perennials if you have a really dry area. You can get perennials specific to that. They t- they're drought tolerant. Some that if you have a wetland area or it lays wet or it's shady, you can actually find a plant that you can grow specific to that area. So it's a lot, there can be a lot less inputs that go into that, you know, as far as as far as that goes. And there's Another benefit to them is they're not as demanding on the land, which means you're not ripping up the, pulling up the annuals, flipping the beds, you know, they are, they are planted once and then they fill out that space. So they, they require a little less of you. Um, They're still not maintenance free, but they're a little Mm -hmm. less demanding on the land to do that. So another thing about perennials, which I love, is that they really do have a pretty consistent bloom schedule. So if you're looking to like predict availability and all that kind of good stuff, I feel like on my farm, I know Lindsay, you probably agree, but generally the perennials, they're coming at the same time every year. Some maybe teeny variables, but really not really. So, you know, as opposed to annuals, there's a ton of variables happening there. Your perennials can really, you know, guarantee, um, air quoting guarantee, you blooms, you know, around the same time each year, mm-hmm. which is which is really nice for all of us projecting availability too. So, yeah. Other than that, they're, they're more tough. You know, generally they're hardier to like a lot of weather fluctuations. They're making it through your winter if you're, you know, growing them according to your hardy zone. So that's kind of nice. A, li- a lot less babying, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we're all looking for things that are less, you know, that we have to screw with less. So that's yeah. a definitely a good thing. 100%. Yeah. And they, yeah. I'm looking for that list on my list with like, you're talking about them being tough. Mm-hmm. And and I've talked about this before, but like if there's a fussy plant, I don't have any desire to grow it. You know, if yeah. it requires all of those things. So I want it to be drought tolerant. I don't want to have to stake it. It doesn't require a ton of division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of those things that to me, it's like, I want to put you in the ground. I will, I will get you going and get you established. And then from there, you're sort of like on your own, you know, it needs yes. to be sort of tough. But yeah. And I feel like perennials sort of fill that, fill mm-hmm. that niche in that, in that area. So mm-hmm. yeah. And just thinking about if you really sit down and look at the amount of labor and stuff we're spending with our annuals, it's like we're seed starting them, we're planting them, we're weeding them. And do we still have to, depending if you order a plug or you start seeds, you do Mm -hmm. have to do that, but once, you know, so there's so much less labor that goes into the general maintenance, you know, even like with our peonies, for instance, you know, we're weeding those in the spring and in the fall, you know, we're basically touching them twice other than harvesting them. So it's really nice that way. So if you're a one woman show or a one man show, you know, it can be really a really important reduction of labor for you too. So, and then when Mm -hmm. you go to divide them, I mean, essentially you're increasing your stock and you're getting free Mm -hmm. plants. You know, there's not many crops that we can say that about. 
mm-hmm. where you can really divide and increase your stock other than dahlias, really, or peony roots, I guess, which yeah. w- which is on our is list. Pretty, peonies are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's a really great thing too. So that it does offset that initial investment when you're talking about labor costs and that you'll be able to split them and increase your stock as you go. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And my little hippie heart, there's a lot of them that are like pollinator magnets and attract a lot of beneficial insects mm-hmm. by just having them and having a healthy crop, you know, in the ground and having it established really is good for the whole like ecosystem of your farm as well too. So that's mm-hmm. just a lot of benefits to having having them in there. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think that was a pretty good list of pros. I mean, if that doesn't already convince you, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you need, but that that's a good one. So we we are we we are going to talk about the cons a little bit too. So obviously the first one I know Lindsay mentioned the sleep creep and leap, but there mm-hmm. is a longer time to get them established and to get them established. But the important is to get them productive. For what you'll see, the payoff for them is generally in three years or so. So it does take a longer time to get them established and to get them making you money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you do have a shorter bloom window with most perennials. So when I worked at the garden center, people would come in all the time and they would say, I want a, a perennial that blooms all summer long. And it's like, well, there's there's not really like define summer. Are you talking mm-hmm. like the six weeks between like early mid, you know, late June to early August? You know, there's some that can hit in that, but you do have a shorter bloom window, which you're talking like three to maybe five weeks, depending on what the crop is and when it comes in in successions. And so that could be just something to kind of consider versus zinnias or celosia or something that you're going to be able to cut on if you're using it as a cut and come again on for months at a time. Mm-hmm. And then some of the perennials can be shorter lived. So echinacea is one that let's say you plant the original plant and you're constantly, you're cutting the blooms off of it and the seeds aren't dropping. A lot of times that mother plant, the original one will die out after like maybe three years or five years. And so it's good to have those seeds that sort of sprinkle around. Not all of the perennials are like that. Some of them can be, and it's really just a case by case basis you have to learn from. But the the perennials, just a few of them just can be a little bit shorter lived. Mm-hmm. And, and because they're in the ground for longer than than our normal annuals, sometimes there's a wider range of pests and diseases that you're having to deal with. You could ha- literally have a whole podcast episode on on mm-hmm. pests and stuff with perennials, but they do have a little bit more more disease issues and, and and things like that than you're dealing with just because they're in the ground for so long, as opposed to your annuals, which you know you're ripping out after they're done blooming. Yeah, and then I, I know we talked about labor being a piece, but Eventually, they're going to require, depending on the perennial, most you divide, but they will require some division at some point. That's that's a con and a and a pro, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like an extra layer of mm-hmm. of maintenance on it. But yes. yeah. yeah, they can tie up land. And I I know for me when I I've t- I think I talked about this on our one episode at one point, but like when I planted peonies originally. We, I ended up moving them. Like I ended up having to dig them up because I knew I wanted them. I knew that I could dig them up if I needed to. It was going to probably give them a little bit of a setback with transplant shock, but it does tie up a permanent space on your property. So if you're really limited on space, you're going to have to be pretty calculated about where you put it and sort of thinking like long-term planning. But And they do require more space usually than annuals do. So one like yarrow, for example, is one that, you know, if you 
we plan it as a perennial. You use it as an annual, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use it. Use it? Yeah, you tear it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So for us, we have we use it as a perennial, and we plant it, and that stuff will spread, you know, 36, 40 inches with just yeah. one plug. So mm-hmm. it gets it gets huge, and so it will take up more space. So kind of knowing that Baptisia is another one that takes mm-hmm. up a pretty large, you know, 36 yes. to 40 inch footprint, and allowing that space for it, and they can require a little extra weeding um, in the early stages of getting the plants established. And so weeds in general, they form when there's bare dirt. So what I love about perennials and the way we plant them, and I don't even know that we're going to talk about this today, but you and I plant them totally different style. Mm -hmm. So Shannon plants them in rows uh, and you use fabric, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And mine are planted sort of, I'm going to say like arboretum style, like a landscape to bed style. So mine actually have like walking paths through them. And so ours are, you know, the the beds get mulched. We weed them like out in the spring, but they're actually like a garden area that people can come and walk through with our agritourism side. So we, that's part of our farm tours and people just love to see this sort of cottage garden feel that they get to go through and it maximizes our space to be able to plant. But in the beginning of our new perennial beds, like anytime we expand and add, it does require a little bit more maintenance to get them going. And then once they once their root system takes over and there's no bare ground showing, we plant plant to plant. We butt everything up. It's very full. Then there's not really any weeds that kind of come in. So it's kind of a different different style, different two different ways of doing it. And neither one are neither one's right or wrong. It's just two different ways of tackling the same thing. So, so if you you've heard all of this and you're like, okay, I want to add perennials to my farm. What are some things? I know Lindsay, you're like the perennial. You know everything. You're you're just oh. perfect with all this kind of stuff. I know. Yeah, you do. That's a stretch. You are. (laughs) Um, What would you say some are some considerations? (laughs) Considerations Um, like if you're going to be adding, you know, what would that, what are some things you should be thinking about? Yeah. I mean, location is key. That's the first one. And just really knowing that, like I said, that that land's going to be kind of tied up and maximizing space on your farm. So I personally feel like the way that I plant the perennials and they take up less space the way I have them because I can fit a lot more plants and a little bit of space. But just location is probably the number one thing to to consider. And also looking at like the slope or the angle. So knowing like how much sun does it actually get, that's like the number one thing. Like do, does it get sun? Does it get shade? Is it part sun? And actually going out there and looking at that. So the, my garden center days, people would come in and say, yeah, I think it's sun. I don't know. It gets a little bit of yeah. afternoon. And it really does make a difference for perennials on how well they actually will do. So, you know, full sun is six hours or more. Usually it's like direct sun in the afternoon and that it likes that. If it's saying full sun, it likes that hot afternoon sun and it's going to thrive and do its like best performance and best health of the plant. Shade is going to be less than three hours. So that could either be like morning, it could be evening, but it's going to be shaded the majority of the day. So a lot of your ferns and things like that are going to do better. And then you have two other categories, which are part sun and part shade. And typically the emphasis is on the second word. So if it's like part sun, it's going to tolerate part like part day of afternoon sun. And if it's going to say part shade, then it's going to tolerate maybe a little bit more of that morning sun. And then it's going to get a break from the afternoon heat. So just knowing what it is and actually going out and kind of looking at it, that's that's really what I would I would yeah. recommend, like knowing where it's going to yeah. go. 
you know, some additional things is if you're thinking about adding them, it would be, it's going to be an initial investment. Whether you start from seed, obviously plugs would be more expensive. Seed will be less expensive, but more an investment on your time and like the liability of producing a, a plant that is, and I, for me generally, I'm kind of not a lazy seed starter, but sometimes they, from I have found that they're a little trickier to start from seed. So generally like we have always bought plugs in for most mm-hmm. of our perennial type stuff. So it's having that initial investment and then understanding the plant's requirements as far as shade, water. Does it prefer dry soil versus moist soil? Like for instance, we got some winterberry plants and we don't have much what I would call wet space, but they definitely like it to be wet with like the willows. So we're yep. kind of like may, having to make sure that we're watering <laughs> constantly so that they're remaining wet because they, so are they in their ideal spot? Probably not. You know, we just Mm -hmm. don't have very many spots for that. So thinking about what would fit in what places and considering what that plant needs will be an important part to the success of of the plant. Yeah. Some creative ways to incorporate perennials. So if you are thinking you want to put them on the farm, but you don't have a ton of space, you know, one of the ways is just even planting them around in your landscaping. So if you're small and you're just starting out, like planting them in your home landscaping Mm -hmm. is a great way to you know, add them. And then you also can be able to cut on them, especially if you're small that, you know, it kind of gives you a little, a little extra space, I guess, guess to work with. Yeah. Yeah. And then we touched on this, but the gardens versus fabric, that's another Mm -hmm. way Shannon used fabric. I use more Mm -hmm. garden style, Uh, but maximizing your space with short season crops. So this is something that I do and because I have them planted in what I'm calling a garden style mm-hmm. is even with our peonies. So a lot of peonies that we've added to the farm recently, we don't plant in landscape fabric. So we plant them out into our beds and mm-hmm. then we have other perennials sort of planted within. So when the the peonies are done, we actually just cut them off. Mm-hmm. And so the foliage is done. Like you, you've seen these old farmhouses where they have these peonies out in the grass. They just get mowed over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're just kind of done their thing yeah. and they're okay. They go dormant, they come back. So we'll interplant, like we will put uh, short season crops over them. Like we'll plant sunnies right in the same area, or we have fever few is another one that comes mm-hmm. up early. We just tried to really maximize that uh, space. I know people have asked me before if I would show photos. I'm I'm sure we'll throw it up on the Instagram page yeah. so I can do a little walkthrough for it. But just sort of succession, you know, succession planting those things that I know the peonies are done, they can get cut back, the next thing will come up and we're just trying to like maximize the amount of space that we have. So yes, it's a fun way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, even planting into fabric when, because we, it's either our home or like our landscape. We don't have like Lindsay has a little bit of a different setup. So we had to like find a spot for them. And so Mm -hmm. we just, we planted them like in a commercial, more of a commercial production style way. But for us, we're fitting way less plants. Like if I would have given, given Lindsay that much land, like she could have fit a lot more plants into that bed space because we have to consider aisle ways to mow and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots of different ways to do it. We use the fabric, which helps us with weed management. Because for us, not that perennials are like our forgotten flowers sometimes, especially when the annuals come, but they've always been last on the list for weeding and management. So for us, it was easier to put them in fabric because I know they would be more successful that way instead of relying upon us to be there at the right yeah. time to maintain weeds and stuff like that. We um, like our woody shrubs, you know, we do wood chips, you know, so there's lots of different weed management 
that mm-hmm. that you can do and just finding what works right for your farm. So, so yeah. yeah. And so, and things thinking of like mint, which is a really great perennial. It's also borderline invasive if you let it get too crazy. Apple mint is a really good one, but you can either plant that in crates or we plant ours in fabric. It doesn't get as tall and doesn't love it as much as it normally would, but it still produces and we were super happy with it. So um, there's lots of different ways to do it, but controlling some, I mean, even yarrow, like we plant ours as an annual, but I only have yarrow in my front yard, in my grass. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it, it will really spread. So it's just kind of finding those things, you know, dedicating spaces to those ones that are going to be needing their own space to take over, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. My dad called me today actually, and he was on the mower up on the hill and he said, uh, I'm cutting this. Don't you cut this yarrow? And I said, I do, but we used to, like we used to cut our field yarrow. We would cut it and dry it or use it, the white. And I was like, no, we don't need it now. And then I hung up the phone. I thought, I'm impressed. He actually knew what that was. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it was yeah. impressive. It grows everywhere. But yeah, oh, it does. It grows everywhere. Gosh. It's a weed, but yes. <laughs> you know, one other, what another way too, if you don't have a ton of shade, a creative way to cr- kind of create shade, if you're watching those big shrubs, if you have shrubs, you can underplant underneath of them, mm-hmm. right? So where they kind of cast a shadow, you could use, um, Ladies mantle, ferns, hosta. There's there's so many different shade loving ones. Solomon okay. seal mm-hmm. that yeah, you can kind of, you know, you can create your own shade and your own space with with using that. And I know we mentioned it, but like perennials are kind of they're a little less forgiving if you put them in a spot that they shouldn't be in. Like so yes. when I'm saying those initial area, you know, initial piece of like finding the right, you really do need to look at like full sun, part sun, all of that stuff because they're a little less forgiving than the other ones. So, all right. So I'm sure what y'all tuned in for was actually our favorites, right? Like what we, what is it that (laughs) we grow? What do we grow? Yeah. Okay. So if we're talking about some of our favorites, um, we really for sure, like mountain mint, apple mint, any of the mints are good. They'll need a little bit of containing, but they're good. I don't, Lindsay, Plus, her heart put the the actual genus <laughs> names on here. Better, Give it a try. Give her a go. Okay, mountain <laughs> pecanthemum pelosum. Mm-hmm. Okay, pelosum. yeah, that's pretty okay. good. That's okay, pretty good. Um, that's actually ooh. the mountain. Yeah, keep going on that. Keep going. <laughs> oh, apple mint mentha. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm giving up on that one. Suavolens. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good. You're doing good. Keep going. <laughs> um, Solomon Seal is a great one. Yes. that That's always a good one. Polygonum. Ganatum. Ganatum. Odoratum. <laughs> Odoratum. Variegatum. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this should be your list. <laughs> it should be my when I would uh, I would go on walks with my sister when I was in school and I was learning all the Latin names. Yes. And uh, she would say, I would, I would like rip off what this tree was, you know, and she's yeah. like, speak English. Like, nobody, like, this oh, is so, I, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning. Yeah. I just, it's cute. fun. I'm kind of a yes. nerd, but yeah. Solomon I mean, seal. Do you grow Solomon seal? A, a small amount. I need more. It's yeah, so good. It's good. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very good. That's great. Ferns. 
lady fern, ostrich fern. I do not have – I don't have very much shade. We kind of have a tree line that we are thinking about mm-hmm. clearing out for more shade stuff. But ferns would be a great add. Wedding work for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great one. Ladies mantle. We grew that. This is our first oh, – this is our second year. Last year it didn't really do much. But it did great. And ours is in full sun, which it does not like it in the full sun. So they were shorter, but we used a ton of it. Lindsay said if I put it in shade, it's going to – it's going to go mm-hmm. crazy and get amazing stem length. But it has like these little like chartreuse flowers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's so cute. It's like a really fun ad that makes people go, what is this? You know, so mm-hmm. those are – that's a really good one. Yep. Baptisia, always oh, yeah. a fan favorite. It's It flowers. Then you use the foliage and then the pods are kind of like different looking. But some people mm-hmm. use the pods. Do you use the pods at all? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we mostly like black it's- pod. It's yeah, it's like this purple. You could you I mean, you could use it for an arrangement or something, but it's it's good substitute for eucalyptus. Like it yes. kind it's a not the same blue, but it has that bluish sort of green look mm-hmm. to it. And we, yeah. our florists like it too. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about Baptisia too is it has this V shape, like a vase shape habit. Mm-hmm. So it's very narrow at the bottom and then it kind of comes out wide at the top. Um, and that's another one that you could underplant. So you could put mm-hmm. ferns underneath. You could even put ladies' mantle underneath of it. You know, so that's it, it, it's uh, very very clean. It doesn't require staking. Yeah. Like it's a very very easy perennial, and it will explode in the third year. You're going to be like, yes, holy, holy cow. cow, yes, yeah. Um, it requires we, quite a bit of space. Yeah, we, we planted. We didn't know how much we were going to get off of it, but I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it it literally made our bouquets this spring. Mm-hmm. The Baptisia flowers are so pretty. We grew. We have a yellow. I think I think it was two little buds or three little buds. She has like this pink, dusty pink color. Really pretty purples, mm-hmm. yellows. Do you have a white one? Do you are you? The- I have purple. Mine's purple. like a yeah. yeah. Mine's purple, like mm-hmm. a lavender, like a lilac yes. purple. Yeah, on it. That, it's beautiful. So, and it's a nice spike, you know, when you, when you yeah. don't really have that. So it's good. And then, you know, obviously the herbs, rosemary, dill, lemon, ber- verbena, sage, those are all good ones. Bee balm is a great one. Calamagrostis, which is this, Lindsay keeps trying to get me to <laughs> It's so cute. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm going to send you a clump. When's your birthday? September what? September. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to mail it to you. A clump of Calamagrossus. Brachytrica, that's the one you need to get. Yeah. There's another one that's called Carl Forrester and it's not. It's like a really mm-hmm. skinny straw, but the Brachytrica is what you want. I think you can get it from North Creek Nursery, okay. I think. Mm. And it's just – it's a grass is what it is. So it's under our – we're talking about perennials that are foliage right now. But yeah. like this is just a – very pretty. It's got a purple cast to it. I I talk about this grass like yeah, I invented I it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just love it because the other grasses that you plant, like the miscanthus or the panicums, mm-hmm. they get five feet across. They're huge. They're a lot to manage. They eventually, you know, after five or six years, they need divided. They hollow out in the center. So if you ever see this like clump of grass and it's hollow in the center, it needs divided. Like that's the problem. And this calamagrossus doesn't do that. So it's like 24 to 30 inches wide and it's like four feet tall. So it's just this really petite grass that gives us very fun and it it's a summer blooming grass. So most of these bloom in the fall and this one's late summer. So you just get it a little bit earlier in the season when you're sort of wanting to transition into that fall yeah. look and your mm-hmm. dahlias and stuff are starting. So next year you'll be thanking me when I send I'm it to you. It. But yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's just a fun, it's just a fun little ad yeah. that, um, and our florists like it too. We'll sell it, to, we'll sell it to them in like a grower's bunch and it's just something different that they don't, they don't normally see. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last one in our perennials for foliage is asparagus. So Lindsay reassured me that this is the vegetable asparagus and <laughs> you, <laughs> you grow it and let it flower, right? Or let it go to seed. Yeah. You just let it. So like when you don't pick the asparagus, then you get this asparagus foliage that comes off. It's really fun for mm. wedding work and um, what's the one that they always – you can get uh, – shoot. Why is this slipping me? It's like um, a really airy – I think it starts with an A. It's a foliage that you can get from florist. Foliage <sighs> you can get from florist. That's it. Yeah. It's – um. Not like it kind of looks like or like a, a, a um, no. It's like asparagus. I think it's like yeah, a like type a, of asparagus mm-hmm. fern of some sort. But it's it's like real wispy, mm-hmm. and it wraps and it's got like long. I just used the dang stuff, and I can't think what it is. But anyway, but this is a really good substitute for that. So it just gives you a really wispy look in your bouquets, and and yeah, it's pretty, mm-hmm. very yeah. pretty. Okay, perennials, yes. the actual flowering perennials. So mm-hmm. these are in no particular order. They're not even an alphabetical order, but this is just like whatever came into my brain is how this, mm-hmm. this list got, got done. So my sedum yeah. is you got to have sedum. It's a mm-hmm. fantastic plant. Florists love it. It's bulky. Yes. It fills out a bouquet. It takes full sun. It's drought tolerant. There are so many fun ones. There's Autumn Fire. There's Autumn Joy. There's Neon, which is like a hot pink. It's a touch shorter that Neon one is, but these Autumn Joy, they're just great for bouquets. They have this like rusty brown color to them and you you harvest them. Like Autumn Joy is light pink and then they Mm -hmm. even dry. So you can use them and we've used them in like fall, uh, fall dried arrangements or we've even saved them and used them. Uh, you know the Christmas boxes that we make? Mm-hmm. Those little fun Christmas – I've used them in those, dried. Oh, it just adds this like really rustic yeah. kind of element to it. But it's a really good perennial. Um, we cut ours in the green take- stage too sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without so. the um, – just to use as like a filler. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's that's smart. Yeah. It's just – it's a very fun – deer do like it. You know, yeah. we're not talking about deer here on this – podcast right now. Um, But that's a – we could Mm -hmm. talk about that at some point. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's one that deer will eat. So coneflower, so echinacea. Magnus is one that's really great. It grows about four feet tall. And um, I actually really like echinacea, not necessarily for the flower, but I will pick the flower petals off and use the bud, like the center. And it's orange and it's really fun for weddings. Okay. And it's just – it's just a – it adds an element to the bouquet where somebody's like, what is that? And it lasts. It's just got this really bright color. And Magnus has a very bright orange center. So it's a it's a very pretty one. And it's okay. it's a longer lasting one. So mm-hmm. yarrow, we've talked about yarrow. Mm-hmm. And it grows yeah. uh, all different everywhere. all different everywhere. It's very easy to grow. It spreads. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. all different kinds. I think moonshine is one. The yellow one is the one that I have. It's a very sturdy, upright. It holds its color really, really well. Mm-hmm. Dries well. Paprika is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of fun, lots of fun colors with those. And they're very, very, very easy to grow. First year yes. flowering from seed too. Yeah. That's great. Campanula. I don't have that on the list. That just popped in my brain. Campanula oh, yeah. is another yeah. one that's perennial. Oh. Oh, yeah, I it comes back. Perennial. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's some, so there's a, there's some that are, you have to look um, to Mm -hmm. see, but there's, and obviously we're saying perennial to to our zone. You guys have to check your zone on all of these with these perennials, but that's a one that's, that's really, that's, that's a good one. Of course, peonies. Yeah. Y'all get you some peonies. The queen of, in my opinion, the queen of the perennial. Yeah. That's our retirement plan, isn't it? Yeah. We're both going to turn into peonies. That's That's every year when I spend money on them, planting new ones. I'm like, I'm going to retire on these. So it's all right. It's an investment. This is my 401k out there in the field we're planting. (laughs) Turn, fill them in later. Um, Let's see what else. So for shade, a still be. Yes. And this, I would say this is specific to like event work, right? It's a very short florist and event work. Those would be very specific to the astilbe. They like shade though. So bridal veil, there's lots of ones. Hellebore, what else likes shade? Helleborus, astilbe, ladies' mantle, the ferns we talked about. What's I'm, I'm saying? What's the one that solidago? Not solidago. Hang on, we're just we just talked about it. Oh, wow. A nice Solomon seal. Solomon seal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's those are some that really do like very mm-hmm. well in the shade. Veronica, do you grow Veronica? I did, but I lost, I lost it. And okay, for some reason it didn't come back one year, so I need to replant it. Yeah, I love no that one. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's just, it's so pretty, it's and it flushes. It comes mm-hmm. back and back and back. Like we sometimes we cut off the same plant three times in one year, so you can get pink, white, and purple. They get a little bit shorter. You have to cut them like really low, cut them flush, but they're great. Like they're just yeah. such a fun, fun color. It's another one that florists like flocks, garden flocks. Mm-hmm. They're they're good. They are bulky, which is nice for a bouquet. Yes. You have to watch. You got to get one like David is one. I think there's like a bridal series. They're really prone to powdery mildew. So you want to make sure you get the ones that are not prone to that. David, I think, is resistant um, in that. But yeah, those are those are some yeah. ones. Rebecca Triloba, which is like the Rebecca, but the teeny tiny little. Yeah. So cute. That, uh, that will spread too. So you do – it will like pop up in, yeah. in different places. But that's a good one. It's always one that people comment on. And just mm-hmm. even as farmers, but we're also salesmen, it's like you're looking for things that are going to catch people's eye and bring that comment, that opportunity to connect mm-hmm. with them is really important. That's one that's always so cute. Mine – we ripped it out last year because it was just going completely crazy. And this year I'm going to replant another – I'm going to give it its own area. But it's mm-hmm. so cute. It's definitely a good one. Yeah. I like that one. Solidago, which is like, you know, goldenrod, which mm-hmm. here is a is a field flower. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of – they're breeding some really new pretty colors. White, creams. We grew a cream one – this year and it'll be back it'll be back this year too or last year it'll be back this year and it's really beautiful holds up great in the vase it's definitely mm-hmm. an a plus pretty yeah and dries fantastic like that's what if you catch it at the right stage when it's just swelling the boat the, like if it's completely blown out it'll hold its color for a little while and then it turns sort of like brownish mm-hmm. but it is so pretty in a fall wreath or in a christmas mm-hmm. wreath that's another one like you get this like gold pop in a christmas wreath it's very pretty mm-hmm. Yes. Japanese anemone. I don't grow these. Do you, I, I don't grow a ton of these. Mm-hmm. They wedding work. I don't use them for yes. – Because okay. it would like a be smaller, like a – Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of would remind you of a Cosmos, so you probably would hate it. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> they spread. That's the nice thing about them is they yeah. they spread really well and you get a ton of blooms off of them. But there's like they come in all ranges of color, like lilac, mm-hmm. white, pink. Um, mm-hmm. So if you didn't want to do Cosmos, this is one that would just come back and it's nice that I like that it's one that the foliage stays really low and then the flower comes up high and sort of hovers over it. So Mm -hmm. even if you didn't end up cutting it, it's still very pretty. It just creates like a very nice like backdrop to to grow. But yeah, I I like that one for weddings. Obedient plant. Yeah. Physostegia is what it's Mm -hmm. called. And it has a very it's kind of got a an upright shape so tubular flower not i'm going to compare it to a snapdragon but that's not exactly mm. right it doesn't have mm. that like necessarily cone shape it's got kind of kind of comes out on the sides but it spreads too and it oh. it you do get a lot and it has a very nice vase life to it um okay. the feel of the flower kind of reminds me of campanula mm. but it's really sturdy stem holds up nice Comes in white, pink, purple, all those mm. kind of li- or lilac anyway. But yeah, that's a nice one, and it tolerates a little bit of shade, but does well in the sun too. So okay. that's a good, yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Lavender is one. Do you have lavender, mm. Shan? I don't. We have that's one we one thing we have not grown. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Just I know. Yeah. I need to. It's full sun. Yeah, full sun yeah. and mm-hmm. likes it dry. It's one that I would recommend definitely just doing a soil check on it to make mm-hmm. sure that your your soil test is where it should, your soil is where it should be. Likes well-drained soil, likes it dry, likes hot and very, very little maintenance once they kind okay. of get established. Phenomenal is the one that we grow. So we only grow one type because I know we can grow it. I know it's going to overwinter well for us. Mm-hmm. And then we just, you know, I just, I know I told you this, but we just harvested like three or 400, 400 bunches or something like that to to dry. It's so beautiful. And it's one of those things we can sell all year, all year long. We can take dried bunches and it then becomes this crop for us that we don't have to, you know, you don't have to hustle it to sell it uh, fresh, that we can sell dried bunches of lavender all year long. We can make little you know, like the little stuff for your car. We, mm-hmm. we lavender eye pillows we're selling in the farm store. So it becomes yeah. this sort of value add product beyond just the flower itself. So mm-hmm. it's a great, it's yeah. definitely a good one. So I, you should add it. Maybe yeah. I'll get you a lavender for your birthday too. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, this is one, I think I mentioned this before and somebody mm-hmm. wrote me in an email and told me not to mention this, but I'm going to mention uh-uh. it again. Uh-uh. <laughs> is loose strife. It's it's yeah. can be very invasive. It's actually I you have to check with your state, but I think certain types of loose strife are on like the do not grow list. I think some states they can't actually sell to. You'll see with like wholesale nurseries. Have you seen on the list like won't sell sell to the state of Ohio? Yes, wherever wherever. Yeah. So some of them, depending on what it is, is invasive. The type that we have is it it just it stays put. It spreads. It kind of looks like Veronica, the one we mm-hmm. have. So yes. just don't write me. And tell me that it's invasive, okay? <laughs> Please just check with your state. Yes, check with your state, not with us. I gave you my warning, okay? You do the homework. The rest, the rest is on you. I'm just giving you the giving you the lowdown. Yeah. O- overall, perennials are an amazing addition, and mm-hmm. our my goal this year is on one of my goal lists is to do better. You know, I hate sometimes they're an afterthought for us, but they're definitely something that you can earn money off of for a long time with the labor costs being incredibly low. 
and beautiful. Mm-hmm. People people love it. Yeah. And it, in like Lindsay has more of an has an agritourism piece to her business where people are walking through gardens and it could create just a beautiful place to be. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and a hot tip. Uh, If you go to Lowe's at the end of the year, you can negotiate or at any point. So going in there and asking, you know, if you're wanting to add hydrangea or anything else to the, you know, to your farm Mm -hmm. or at the end of the season when they're selling quartz and they're putting stuff at discount, you can offer them like, hey, can I buy these for like $1.50 a piece? That's how I got my sedum. I went in there and they had, they were really struggling because they were getting too much water and I wanted to save them. And so I offered them some cheap price. I can't even remember. It was like a dollar something a piece. And I bought every one that they had and they just, they were like, yeah, sure. We just need to get like a manager approval. So don't be afraid to ask for a discount because they want to get rid of it. You know, at this yeah. point, it's probably they're just going to get pitched. They're paying people to stand there and water it, mm-hmm. and they're going to get rid of it anyway. So, yeah, don't be afraid yeah. to negotiate. Yeah, and I, I know Lindsay mentioned North Creek. That's where we've gotten a lot of our perennial plugs. Mm-hmm. Spring Meadows does more shrubbery. Do they have perennial plugs at Spring Meadows? Yeah, they uh, might. I don't know. I think they're it's just more like shrubs. woody shrubs. Yeah, yeah. So. If you're working through a broker, you can reach out to your broker, see where the perennial producers are, and I'm sure they'll be happy to provide you a list. This was a really good list. You did a good job putting it together, Lynn's. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate yes. that. <laughs> we could have more episodes on perennials, right? I, mean, I know. How to, maintenance, planting division. them, division, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can know. be, uh, it's a big topic. We're never going to run out of content. No. That is one thing about Flower Farm. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all keep giving us ideas. This is a good one. You do. It's been great. You guys are so great. You give us so much, so many ideas. So, all right. So we hope that you guys love this episode and gained a ton of knowledge from this and you're inspired to plant perennials on your property. So if you love what you're hearing, we want you to join us on the Dirt on Flowers Insider. So I'm sure you heard at the beginning of this episode, but we have changed how we're doing it. So you can join the insiders at any point now. And it's we're just having so much fun. There's a ton of biz, you know, ton of benefits to being in it. You get the, you know, Facebook community and just a member directory to connect with other people across the country. And so yeah, we eliminated there's no like you gotta jump in here now and you now have access to everything that we've been doing for months. So if you've been on the fence about this, you have you better jump on it because we've got <laughs> a lot of content in there and you're gonna you're gonna love it. We're adding to the the vault of what we have every month and it's just gonna continue to keep growing. So we want we want you guys to be successful. That's why we're doing this. We wanna share our wins and our losses because I we I just know that us as a collective and us sharing what we're doing, it just raises the flower community across the nation and we want to keep that going. So just do appreciate you guys being here. All right. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. We are so grateful that you trust us every week and you tune in to have some fun with us and have some laughs and learn a little bit. So as always, we will see you the same time, same place next week. 